This is Hitting the Mark. Conversations with founders about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success. With your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Geierhalter. The big lesson I just have is in the end, we're just humans selling to other humans. And great branding itself is what can really elevate a business from feeling very transactional to feeling kind of that human, more purposeful, more relatable. Um, And it is kind of what keeps the customer coming back. But if you don't have the brand DNA that underpins it, your branding itself is going to fall flat. This was Sue Stowling, co-founder of Chin Lane, where she helped launch over 50 D2C challenger brands like Harry's, Hims, and Sweet Green. She closed shop. And the same founding team started Pattern Brands, which now acquires and nourishes seven brands in the home goods space, including Pocetto and Letterfog. So today, we talk not only omni-channel, but omni-brand. We obviously touch on brand architecture, how not to lose authenticity when acquiring and marketing so many brands. And we discussed the biggest challenges and the best tips when it comes to brand building, period. This is an episode for every founder, especially if you're running a Shopify-enabled D2C business, as well as for any brand builder and marketer. As you get the perspective of a founder, a brand builder, and an investor all in the same person. And if you enjoy how I keep the show ad-free, please support the podcast, or even join my mentorship group, all of which serves the simple cause of keeping Hitting the Mark running. You can check out the options at patreon.com slash hitting the mark. Thank you. And now, without further ado, over to my inspiring conversation with Suze. Welcome to the show, Suze. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, so so am I. Um, This is different from most brands I have on my show. So you are the co-founder of a brand, uh, and that much is business as usual for my listeners. <laughs> but there are another eight brands on last count, I know they continuously multiply, that are in the game when we're talking here. So to my listeners, buckle up. Okay, so you are the co-founder of Pattern Brands, which... Yeah in itself is a collection of brands that all share some similarities yet have their own focus, such as Pocetto, a store I've been frequenting for a mighty long time now because I'm in Los Angeles, <laughs> um, Letterfolk, uh, where I bought a doormat that is uh, currently gracing the entry of my home office, um, and Onsen, which offers art and design for every day. So lots lots of brands, there's only three of them, the ones I, I was familiar with, but Pattern evolved out of the brand agency Chin Lane, which was responsible yeah. for some great D2C successes like Hims, whose co-founder I had on the show, Harry's and Sweet Green. So many, 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 many questions, but first things first, what triggered Pattern Brands and how did it evolve out of Chin Lane? You know, I think that's an interesting question. So it's, as you said, like Pattern itself is this multi-brand family. And I think from a consumer perspective, they're interacting with the brands themselves. But just one important piece of context for 
your listeners is really, you know, how we work on the back end. And that's really that we're this one team, one cap table model. So by that, I mean, you know, while we have these six brands in the pattern portfolio, all of our team members are pattern employees and work across the entirety of our brands. Not that dissimilar in some ways to how you would think about an agency model. Um, and, you know, so really for us, my two co-founders and I have now been working together for over a decade, uh, really first doing brand building at Gin Lane. And I think that was such an incredible time in, in our lives being at the forefront of this kind of entrepreneurial spirit and of the D2C environment. But it also was one of those things where you're starting to really create things for, for other people and you then kind of hand them off and, and you see them go on their journey and you get this longing in some ways to, hmm. to do it for yourself. Um, and I think for us, it was really seeing an incredible opportunity to not just, you know, create brands of our own that we could really, you know, operationalize and continue to grow with, but also a really uh, impactful business model of this concept of one team working across a variety of brands. Because one of the things we really saw firsthand was that D2C brands really need to be at experts at, you know, so many things from email marketing to paid digital to supply chain and logistics and then everything in between. And that can be really hard when you are a you know small brand that's you know reaching some scale but hasn't yet reached you know hundreds of millions of dollars. And so we saw this opportunity with with our model to have kind of an opportunity for kind of these community of e-commerce brands to have an exit opportunity. So we feel kind of that gap between these massive IPO exits and, and no exits. So context. Mm -hmm the listeners is that part of how we've grown our family of brands is via this M&A model, where we complete these really, you know, thoughtful acquisitions of these sustainable D2C businesses. But when brands join the family, they're really benefiting from that ability for us to provide them with world-class marketing, world-class brand building, coupled with, you know, really robust in-house operational excellence and that mature brand platform. And that was really all born out of us having run an agency and, and seen kind of some of the opportunities, but also some of the pitfalls that, you know, brands and market were facing and thinking, wow, we have a solution, you know, for them. Where absolutely fascinating where where any of these current brands in your portfolio supported or designed by you as the agency or completely started from the ground up by Chinlane or have all of the current brands that are part of your portfolio have they all been acquired so five of the six brands have been acquisitions we've had um one of the brands open spaces which was actually fully incubated by us and um is our home organization brand and was a incredible experience honestly to go through that incubation process and have firsthand experience of the, the highs and lows and of you know creating something from from zero from from having an idea and validating kind of the consumer need there to looking at your go-to-market plan to then you know really working you know hand in hand with our industrial designers on on the product itself and going through that early sampling process um, and so that was a brand that, you know, was such a highlight uh, to be able to to go through because I think 
a it's it's still so rewarding now i the other day in in my building i live in new york and i saw someone in my building have a shipment from open spaces and it just gave me like such <laughs> joy to realize that people you know are inviting these products in their home but it also was something where i think you know truly that incubation process is it's tough and it is a unique experience that i think if you if you haven't gone through it before it just is a steep learning curve but one that you know is worth its weight in gold and it has given us so much more empathy and also ability i think when we're looking at acquisitions to really understand every single nuance of a business because we ourselves have gone through that you know creation process that is so crucial absolutely and that makes so much sense and i'm i'm wondering though i mean Look, you, you, the, the three of you have been running Chin Lane, um, you said, for, for about a decade, um, highly successful. Um, and it's not like you were on a on a downward slope. You were in the midst of your successful yes, know, trajectory. We're big believers on, you know, I think for us, Chin Lane was at a point where it had reached, you know, really strong success and it wasn't an easy path to get there you know it really was years of us of course uh, kind of working and toiling away and you know building kind of a, a brand reputation ourselves and of building a process and the methodology and kind of playbook uh, and a philosophy if you will for how we thought about brand creation and so walking away from that and actually closing down the agency portion of our business was a really um, bittersweet moment. It was something that we had so wholeheartedly believed in the vision that we had for creating pattern that we were willing to take this leap of faith together. But it also was, you know, a closure of a chapter. Um, but I think the interesting thing is while the agency itself, you know, no longer takes on external clients there's still a gin lane website and it talks about that journey from going from agency to now you know brand acquirer and operator um and i think is is still a great entryway for people to become yeah. aware yeah. of you know what we're doing and what our mission is with with pattern well and they can see themselves in you right that you are actually a, a group of entrepreneurs yes right and i think that's super important Absolutely. I think it's one of the really cool things, actually, that one of the first acquisitions we made, which is actually this month, two years in the Pattern family, which is is, is just wild that it's gone so quickly, was a company called Gear. So Gear is our kitchen tools and accessories brand. Um, and Samantha, who is is the founder of that business, had you know really described her joy at gear joining the pattern family because she was so aware of the work we'd done with Jin Lane. Funnily enough, she had actually contacted us a few years earlier, but Jin Lane was fully booked for, for a branding <laughs> engagement. So it was like a full circle moment. Um, but she described it as feeling like her brand was graduating, you know, high school and going to college where she said, I feel that this is, you know, a, group of people that will care and nurture this brand in the way that I have, but also expose it to, to new ways of thinking and opportunities that, you know, happen as, as you know, a, a child goes through through life and, you know, goes into adulthood. And I think it was it was such a nice analogy for for how to think about, you know, 
that brand and then the subsequent brands really joining our family. Yeah, and there are so many, I mean, all the learnings and a lot of the processes and a lot of the team, I mean, a lot of that I'm sure carried over, right? So it wasn't completely let's close shop and let's open something totally new in a totally different space, um, which must have helped uh, make that decision a little bit easier. It definitely did. And I mean, the fact that we still now get to work on multiple brands and have this kind of one team model across them all, like I think there, we wouldn't be... Um, where we are today and i think so well positioned and and very fortunate in market if we didn't have that experience of having gone through you know brand building and creating an agency uh because i think with jen lane what a lot of people you know saw was obviously the work output but also behind the scenes it was actually very carefully thinking about workflows and operational efficiencies and processes alongside kind of this philosophy on like what should a brand be and that is obviously so much more than just like the day it launches it's you know how a brand grows and evolves you know throughout its entire lifetime totally understood and and chin lane with with its successful track record at this point is pretty much the hook right it's 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 the brand that gets founders interested in becoming part of pattern and then pattern is the brand that houses and showcases uh the brands that you acquire um to the consumer correct exactly i think that's a great way of putting it i think our experience with Jin Lane gives entrepreneurs comfort in in how we would treat their brand. And then pattern itself is very much the consumer stamp of approval. You know, if a brand is in the pattern family, a consumer knows that it stands for, you know, high quality, high design items that are really meant to bring you enjoyment in your daily life at home. For us, it's really about those kind of little micro moments in your day and how can we kind of make them a little bit better because it's those tiny little moments that if you get kind of multiple of them feeling a little bit better in your day, it can actually add up to, you know, a really big impact in just your overall happiness and feeling of home. Absolutely. And I think that's where where design comes in in play, right? Um, mm -hmm. And <laughs> I had uh, last on the last show, I had uh, Charlie of, of staff, um, oh. you know, <laughs> on, on the show. So, so I think my 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 uh, my listeners are already uh, accustomed to the idea of how, uh, you know, every moment <laughs> in life can bring a little I bit of joy. <laughs> Charlie is the best. We actually caught up over lunch uh, maybe a month or so ago. Oh, and funny. I saw uh, that they did that incredible collaboration that launched with, I think it was Clorox. Yes, exactly. Just um, the other day. I was, I, was, I was amazed. I'm like, how quick? I mean, that's like, that's super cool. Well, do you know, I think this is actually like a great example of um, something we believe, which is that your your brand should be an identity. It should be this character. It should be like the core, and it should have this very human DNA. And then you obviously can express that in in like the branding and the way it appears in the world. But I think staff is such a great example of something that very clearly has this kind of human personality, and you you kind of see it in in you know how they actually design their products in the visual like language and the look and feel but also in like the verbal language and just like the, the kind of unexpected cheekiness that i think they bring to the world in the literal brand character too <laughs> so oh, it's, very, very much so <laughs> it's oh that's hilarious that uh, youtube well it makes sense right uh, it's it's a it's the same it's a safe space um well, 
it's I you know this is the funny thing I think it's such a small little world like I'm originally from a very small town in in Australia actually and I when I moved to America I thought oh I'm going it's gonna be so big and it is so big but I also think in the kind of world of entrepreneurship and branding it is actually like a lot of people that end up connecting with one another to be inspired and to uplift one another um and I think that's something that I don't know we, we've always been very passionate about to this day and like it doesn't matter i don't have an agency anymore so i'm not working with you know third-party clients but just you know how can you all help support one another because seeing kind of someone go on this entrepreneurial journey is just so cool and rewarding and, and why wouldn't you want to you know help and and kind of see people kind of reach their full potential it is very humbling. Um, and I, I, you know, as, as, as running a brand agency, you know, for God, I don't even know how long now. I mean, it, mu it must be, you know, a good, a good 25 or so years um, in different shapes and forms. Um, I have not felt that as much in our industry as I have once I opened it up to entrepreneurship. And once you actually talk to entrepreneurs and once you're an entrepreneur yourself um, and you give a lot because you it's just this instinct, right? Where you're like, they need help. <laughs> um, and, and now getting it back as an entrepreneur um, with, with, you know, with, with my hardware startup it's so humbling. It's really amazing sometimes the, the amount of time that I get without any questions asked of people that I look up to that just want to help because they know that they can. They have an answer to something that I don't. So it's, it's really amazing. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, for all of us, let's just shorten each other's learning curve. Let's share what we know because there's space for all of us. And I, I think there's there's always room, you know, to, to be that support system to one another. Um, and it's also, I'm like, it's it is a very, you know, it can be hard, it can be humbling, it can be lonely at times, but it doesn't need to be if you reach out and kind of ask, you know, for help. And, you know, I mean, for me, I got my start, you know, in the US literally through cold LinkedIn reach outs and someone being willing to have a conversation. That conversation then led me to meet, you know, one of my co-founders, Emmett, a couple of days into being in America. Wow. And that changed my life. Wow. Um, and so I think that there is power in just like that human connection and, you know, it, it all comes back around full circle one day. Amazing. That is, that is an amazing story. Um, I had no idea, obviously, but that's, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. Um, good, good for you. So that idea of just going for it and, and having that spirit of, um, Hey, if I put it out there, it's going to come back and I'm going to put hard work in it. Uh, and we're going to make this happen has been, has been part of, part of you for a long time now. Very much so. <laughs> All right. Well, going back to pattern. Um, so how do you, how do you go about marketing and managing those, you know, uh, altogether counting chin lane, uh, which is still in the mix a little bit and pattern, uh, th those nine brands currently, which are only going to be more, um, I'm, I'm sure. How do you, how do you differentiate them in the eye of the consumer, especially your consumer brands, the, 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 the eight, uh, six currently, um, I don't even know how many anymore or like how, how, how do you differentiate them or is the idea through pattern to actually get them all a little bit closer to each other? Well, I think that it, it's kind of interesting. I think one of the things and almost part of the magic, honestly, both from the Jin Lane days, but also now a pattern is really 
our belief in how you need to craft a brand and a business, you know, around that, that has this very like multidimensional personality. Because I think all too often people are creating brands that feel really like one dimensional and it's just like not authentic and it doesn't resonate. So like very deliberately, each of our brands do have their own unique personalities that are meant to feel really, you know, human. Like we we believe that a great brand and a really compelling brand is is very much like a great person. You know, you trust them, you enjoy their company, you want to spend time in their presence. And so we actually really celebrate the brands and think of them almost like siblings. You know, pattern is the parent. Um, and so there is, you know, certainly, you know, a DNA that is passed down from pattern in how we believe in kind of our greater mission of enjoying daily life at home and some core values of, you know, how we think about, you know, production and quality and our design aesthetic. But also it, it, each brand is very distinctive and stands alone and we celebrate that um, because I think that's it's really important, especially, you know, in the category that we play in that's home. It's really thinking that layered kind of personality not only is wonderful for someone to interact with on the brand level, but as they invite that into their home, it's what makes them really be able to have a home that feels like it expresses them. And it, it is kind of a reflection of, you know, who they are and, and the elements that they see as being, you know, core to them in, in creating that sense of warmth in their home. Um, but I think, you know, as I think about then, okay, taking the concept from brand to then, you know, how do you market these brands or how do you really think about them from a communication standpoint? It's really just kind of three things. I think it's like that core of how do you humanize and bring the personality to the brands. Two, it's really, okay, how do I think about content, but also really importantly, storytelling, because I think storytelling is just so crucial in, in helping bring you know, a brand to life. And then I think the last thing is really, how do you consider all touch points? You know, we are a D2C, you know, first portfolio, but we've really expanded omni-channel. But you really need to understand, like, what are all of the touch points in the ecosystem and how should your brand exist within each so that you're always creating things that are very contextually relevant. Um, because I think it's those like little interstitial moments. It's, you know, mm -hmm. the insert inside the box's packaging, or it's the way your customer service team really takes the time to talk to customers, right? Or it could be like an ad that's making you chuckle. These are like those moments that I think you you really have like detail and care within. And when you really think about like how to serve the user throughout that entire brand journey with you, not only is that great branding, it also leads to really effective marketing. And you have, I mean, you have a team of 50 plus or so at this point. Like, do you have different people that are just like, kind of like this this group of people or this person is the voice of one brand and this of another brand or do you just mix teams or how do you how do you keep that consistent voice especially because this is interesting to me you you know you, you acquire brands that are very founder led most probably at that stage and so that personality of the founders is such a big part in the brand and now suddenly you're taking it over and you want to keep that personality because it is directly affecting that brand, right? So this brand has a certain person. How do you do that? So it's it's interesting in terms of team structure. You know, we 
our team does work across the entirety of our portfolio. That said, you know, we will have team members that might focus more on a couple of brands than others so that they become kind of that brand specialist. But we do enjoy having everyone have the ability to really help construct each of the brands because mm -hmm. I also think that's how you get some of those magical moments that are unexpected and delightful. In terms of the brands though, like absolutely, when when we bring them into the family, they are often brand-led and founder-led. And I think one of the things that's been really important is in really spending a lot of time with the founders and really thinking about how can we in some ways bottle some of that DNA and codify some of that DNA, which again is honestly speaking directly to our experience back in the day with, with Gin Lane, because it's really about how do you extract and then find a way of codifying and, and kind of holding a mirror up to that founder in some ways, but also in identifying areas where the brand can continue to kind of expand and grow beyond just that founder's, you know, DNA. Um, and I think that's, you know, something that we try and do really carefully because it is so important to us that we are really respectful and celebratory of kind of the founder's story and their kind of way of incubating each of these brands. It's It's been incredible to just hear from them, you know, what inspired them or as we go through some of the products and we're hearing from them, oh, this was actually from when I was in college and I made a hand blown glass and we used that as we then looked at it in the production line. And there's so many little special moments that we mm -hmm. try and extract from them, but then also continue to build from. I, I, I thought you would go into that direction and uh, it, it makes a lot of sense because there is a lot of authenticity to be felt in each one of, of your brands, which is which is great. Um, looking at the Chin Lane uh, Instagram account um, from, from a, a little while ago, um, it, you, you said, um, not you, but Chin Lane Instagram, <laughs> said, mm -hmm. uh, we're the team from Chin Lane and we're pioneering the next generation of consumer brand building by acquiring and growing leading Shopify home goods brands on one platform at Pattern <laughs> Brands, right? That was a good kind of like description of how that works. And I have two questions and they, and they, might, they might relate. Um, why only Shopify brands? And the second question, and again, you might put them together, you call Pattern a platform in this, in this specific post, and maybe that's already passe, but um, is there an actual digital framework that is part of Pattern? Yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of answer that in a couple of parts. So I think we think about Pattern as both, you know, an operating platform, so like the playbook and methodologies for just how we operate alongside kind of the digital tools that help power that ecosystem. So as an example, because we are one kind of um, entity, all of our kind of data and insights are able to be consolidated so that we can go into our you know dashboards and actually see like a really unified view across the entirety of the pattern ecosystem and that's really important and impactful um so like yes there is absolutely you know kind of components to how we think about kind of unification and being able to look at things holistically we deliberately have kept each um brand website um, up and because we think it is really important to be able to tell that brand story and, and quite frankly we see you know a high conversion rate of people going you know to the brand site itself we 
we also though have kind of a, a drop down within the navigation so that people can really easily navigate and understand that there is more you know to the broader brand family than than perhaps just the dot com that they're on i think why shopify i mean look there's just been such a prevalence of brands being incubated in the last decade because Shopify has made it easier than ever before in order to launch a, a D2C you know, brand. Um, and so for us, it is a, a very practical consideration of really thinking about you know, how to integrate a brand um, you know, into our family and be able to operationalize it most effectively. Um, and I think that is like the interesting duality of our business, right? There's what the consumer sees. And then there's also like how we as brand operators need to really think about building effective workflows. Um, and I think, you know, the power of D to C and why we really want a brand to be D to C first is because we really love the consumer. I mean, we really believe we, we, we kind of say, instead of saying direct to consumer, make it direct with consumer of how do you really engage with your consumer and build a two way dialogue and by having such a significant portion of their business be um, you know, online, you're able to really easily facilitate those early conversations. This is fascinating. Uh, the power of Shopify is just unbelievable, right? Because even if there would be someone with an exceptional product, great track record, amazing CX, UX, right? Perfect shared values with pet and brands, right? Staggering growth. If they're not on Shopify, you would still not consider them because Shopify is the framework that basically for you, given your background and your track record, checks off so many other marks as far as like how they do business, right? And what they what they already had to learn along the way and how they would plug into your system that you would just not look at anyone else. Exactly. And I think that the good news is that there is an abundance of brands out there. You know, yeah. when we think about what are we looking for in a brand? You know, it, there's some very practical considerations. We look for really strong kind of financial foundation and having gross margins that will allow us to scale omni-channel because I think that's something that is really important. We look for a very loyal consumer base and, and consumers that genuinely love the brand and the product and that there is an affinity there. We look for you know, products that we feel have really unique IP. We look for things that we think really are the best and that we're willing to put kind of our name behind and that we believe can also grow into you know, broader offerings. And we also really wanna make sure that there is you know, a select group of, of hero products within there, because again, that's really important for us to be able to think about just the practicalities of how do you operationalize each of these businesses, um, which is then what allows us to find synergies. And in finding those synergies, it's really you know, part of the magic of having you know, a, a platform and um, this portfolio approach. Totally. Yeah. No, makes makes tons of sense. Um, you know, I mean, straight transition from from Shopify and from from data and analytics. Um, did you ever go against uh, anything that your your data showed you and you did a gutsy move, maybe a brand move where you just say, look, I know that's what I see. I know that's what the data shows us, either with one of the many brands, right? Or, or maybe with pattern or, you know, maybe even before. And you said, you know what? Screw the data for this one, because I think I've got an instinct to go in another direction. Yeah, I, I'd say 
Yes, we absolutely have. I'd say we've done it a couple of times. And, and one of the times I'd say it really paid off. Um, and so the time that it really did pay off for us was actually for, for our brand open spaces, which as I'd mentioned, you know, mm -hmm. we did So we'd really, you know, developed this line that is for home organization uh, with, I'd say, pretty kind of traditional ideas of products. So like bins, baskets, drawer dividers, clothing hangers. Um, but we also had this idea for a shoe rack that we felt really needed to exist. And it was something because we, we really had seen this kind of, uh, we, you know, all lived in New York apartments and we were going, we ourselves feel the need for having something that's like really beautiful and attractive and almost looks like a stylish piece of furniture that could be multi-purpose, but also can be used in this very practical way for storing shoes. And we are huge fans of testing. So we did a bunch of testing and actually a lot of that early testing pre-launch had us really seriously reconsidering it. It wasn't a product initially that like had showed strong traction in testing. We were pretty worried about the price point that we'd need to sell it at in order to make the gross margins work because it's a pretty hefty item and we felt really um, like it needed to be very sturdy and made of the best quality materials, but that obviously has an impact. And so we nearly scrapped it. But at the last minute, we were like, no, we believe in this so much. We want to take the leap of faith. We want this product to exist. Um, and actually today, it's that brand's hero product. It's sold <laughs> thousands of units. It is like the, what I'd say we're best known for in that brand. Um, and it's had this kind of almost cult following. And awesome. quite frankly, awesome. if we'd listened to like the early insights, we would have said, oh, no, this, this doesn't have legs. Let's let's not chase it. That, that's fantastic. That's a great story. Um, on, the, on the flip side um, of, of the great success, what was what was what was a big fail that you went through? Maybe even a brand fail where you felt like, oh, my God, like all the, all the wrong pieces just happened to come together that time. And like we couldn't see this coming. Do you know, funnily enough, so, you know, we've talked about the brand we launched Open Spaces. What we haven't talked about is actually that there was a brand before that that um, was our first foray into incubation. And um, it was called Equal Parts. And I'd say it was probably the epitome of, of kind of not getting brand, you know, right. I think coming from this agency background with Jin Lane, we had suddenly just found ourselves with like no client. And we were used to having a client to like bounce ideas off of. And so we had for the first time in you know years, this complete freedom as we were incubating this brand. And I think for a moment there, honestly, we forgot that your customer and your consumer is actually your client. We were so focused on really creating a brand that like tried to do so many things that it actually fell really flat because it didn't really know who it was and, and what it stood for. The irony being, of course, that, <laughs> you know, we're, we're these, you know, quote unquote, great brand builders. But I think it's one of those things where it was a, a lesson. You know, we had so much like build up and anticipation ahead of this launch. And we had this bunch of press buzz and it was then just kind of like crickets after that. And I think for me, it was just such a good reminder to not get caught up in the hype of things and to really roll up your sleeves and be really humble, but importantly, embrace understanding your consumer and how to best serve their needs. Because I think up until that point, we felt, you know, if you'd spoken to me then, I would have said, yes, we absolutely put the consumer first. 
but it was very evident that I think it it wasn't truly working with the consumer and creating with them versus, you know, we were able to then apply those learnings into open spaces and really focus on saying our customer is the hero. How do we make sure we're meeting their needs? And that should be like the beating drum of everything we do. And so I think just a big takeaway for me is after a fail though, which we all have, yeah. You know, what are you doing with that feeling? Like, are you kind of letting it, you know, eat you alive and sinking into it? Or are you saying like, what can you learn from it? How do you come back stronger? And I think, you know, for us, we really were able to come back stronger of like channeling those insights from equal parts into open spaces. And, you know, to this day are continuing to really channel them into our actions and how we build the business. Um, and so in many respects, I'm actually really thankful for that fail because I think it's actually made us much stronger um, in how we operate and think today. I have never heard anyone who said that they weren't happy for the fail. You know, it's really, it's, it's, it, it is, it is truth that you have to go through these things in order to come out better on the other side. And that's just, it's just part of entrepreneurship and it's part of life, right? So much I think of, um, entrepreneurship is about resiliency. Mm -hmm. I think it truly is about just like having that resiliency to bounce up again and say, no, okay, we're going to take it and have learnings. And I think the other thing is really being able to be very clear on your end goal, but flexible in how you get there and really see pivots as opportunities. Um, and yeah. I think that's what we've tried to do. And, and for a lot of you know businesses, I think that's how they can, can really have success. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's resiliency and a lot of um, complete craziness. <laughs> Otherwise, you know. I will agree with that. I think it's, you know, it's like a healthy dose of, oh, yeah. of, oh, yeah. of, of that mixed in. Um, this is, This is uh, the question of all questions for you as a as a as a brand builder, um, and not a brand builder like many others who build brands for others or help them assist in their branding. But you actually, you know, now build brands in in all ways. What does this horribly beaten up and misunderstood word branding mean to you at this point? I think. It's hard because people always conflate brand and branding, right? I think I believe that we and you know all of us really should be brand builders, but I actually think branding as a word can be a little bit of a like a, a dirty word in some ways. You know, I think your brand again is who you are. Your branding is simply like how you're presenting it to the world in a compelling way. And it's how you're connecting with the customer, you know, wherever that may be. Mm -hmm. Um and so in some ways, I think it's, I think it's, it's a quick question, it's, you know, to think about like, what is branding? Because I think it should really go back to being like, what is brand? And then how do you, you know, manifest that in the world with great branding? Um, because I think the big lesson I just have is in the end, we're just humans selling to other humans. And great branding itself is what can really elevate a business from feeling very transactional to feeling kind of that human, more purposeful, more relatable. Um, and it is kind of what keeps the customer coming back. But if you don't have the brand DNA that underpins it, your branding itself is going to fall flat. And talking about that brand DNA, what is the brand DNA 
behind Pattern? Because Pattern has all these other brands. Like, what does Pattern stand for? Like, if you could, if you could define it in a in a DNA and like a one two words kind of like scenario, what what is what is the DNA of Pattern? I think it's fulfillment. I think you know mm. we believe in our kind of mission at Pattern. If we think about what is this old ladder up to, it's to enjoy daily life at home. That has been our mantra and our mission, you know, since day zero. And ultimately, I think that ladders up to a sense of feeling, you know, fulfillment and comfort at home, because I think your home is really a part of you. It's this place where you feel comfort and you feel control. And it's where you should feel the freedom to be your most authentic self, which I think, again, all goes to that feeling of just, I am fulfilled, I am enough. And I think that is really, you know, the the word or the DNA that you know I hope is kind of what what people feel uh, with with pattern and and our resulting family of brands. I like how you're secretly bring, bringing in the transactional part of fulfilling orders in there too. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the D 2 C brand. Um, no, totally. Um, I know we're 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 uh, coming coming up to to our time here. Um, one last question for you. Um, and, and you know, you already gave us so much, so many insights and so much wisdom, and and we're super grateful for it. But do you have any other brand advice for founders as a takeaway, maybe of uh, D 2 C brands that are just kind of like starting out? Um, any any thoughts of what you learned or what they need to get yeah. right or how they need to think? I think, I mean. I always like to think of things as like, okay, what's my like bullet point list I can take away? And so I think there's four bullet points I'd have for people to take away. One is just authenticity is key. People can really spot and feel something that isn't authentic from a mile away. And so just make sure you're adding that depth and richness and dimension to your brand and just making it as human as possible. And that's pretty easy when there's a dynamic founder. Thing number two is make sure you're rooting it in the value that you're offering to the world and the consumer. And that is like really key. Number three is tell that larger story about the why and the benefits, because I think going back to, you know, earlier we were talking about storytelling, people just don't have time for messages that feel like selling anymore. They need stories. And that's because stories are one of the oldest forms of communication. So like make sure that you're telling a story in each of the communications you, you have with your brand. And then lastly, just give something, you know, your customer something that they can relate to. Make them the hero in, in your brand and the journey. Because I think people really want to be able to see themselves in your brand and your product. So help them get there. Create something that feels you know inclusive but also exclusive at the same time um and really grounded in your customer um i think those are kind of the four things that i like would think about of just and then i'd say last thing just trust your gut this is your baby ultimately you're the person believing it you're the person championing it you're the person that's like fighting for it to win above all else and so go with your gut if all you know if in doubt Go with your gut. <laughs> Because that's all you got sometimes too. Yeah, totally. It I, is. <laughs> you know, it's it's I think sometimes we can be really paralyzed in pursuit of perfection. And yep. sometimes you just gotta like make a game time decision and and run with it. Um, and you know, usually it pays off. Yeah, yeah. No, I I totally I love that. F fantastic. Um what's next 
for for the pattern brand, anything you can talk about? Uh, what are you excited about in the next in the next six months? I think for us, it's really, you know, for the brands that we have today, continuing to really grow them, it's been pretty exciting to expand Omnichannel. That's been, I've, you know, had, I've really grown my career in the world of digital. And so now getting to have a number of wholesale partners in a brick and mortar store in LA for one of our brands. Um, I know on just, Montana Avenue, right? Okay. It is, it's on Montana. Yeah. Anyone that's from Santa Monica, please check it out. Um and send me some pictures but it's it's been really cool to think about how to bridge the digital and the physical um and you know make it part of this cohesive ecosystem so i'm really excited to see you know what the next six months holds for for you know the more opportunities that, that we have coming up there and then i think you know really expanding the brand family uh, where you know we we're always looking to, to grow the family and um have some really exciting opportunities that we're looking at and and likewise i guess shout out to the listeners if you have a brand that we should know about um send them my way because i think you know it's it's pretty thrilling to always be thinking about the opportunities that exist and the incredible brands that we don't even yet know about that may one day be a part of the family that that is fantastic. And and how can people reach out to you? Um, or, you know, on the one hand, personally, in order to share any of any of their brands with you. Um, and on the other hand, how can they how can they get into that uh, the, the brand world of pattern? Absolutely. So if anyone wants to ever email me, my email is just suze at patternbrands.com. And then the brand world of pattern, head to our website, patternbrands.com, which will help navigate you to any of the brands in our family. Um, and check us out on social as well. We, we really love to engage with everyone and see how they're using pattern products and creating a, a pattern home. Fantastic. I mean, this was, uh, you, you used the word omni-channel before. This was really the most omni-brand uh, founder we had on the show so far. So this was this was really, really um, enlightening in many ways. Um, it, it, was, it was such a great time. Thank you so much for spending so much time with us this morning. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This was so great. And I'm excited to keep on listening and see who else you have on in the future. That's awesome. Thank you, Suze. Chat to you soon. I don't think I overpromised in my intro. <laughs> what an what an amazing conversation. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have the conversation. If so, please subscribe, rate, and do share this show. Hitting the Mark is produced by my consultancy, Finian, where we create clarity for brand transformations. This episode was edited by Everett Barton, and the Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark.